Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It is 105 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer. Derek Scott, Brendan Escott with you. This is the second hour of Oilers Now. It is brought to you by our title sponsor, World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. World of Spas, the ideal place to start your daily vacation. Keep texting us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. And um, we aren't going to go on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline, 780-496-0063, the River Cree Resort Casino. You know, excitement bet on it. The River Cree is open 24-7, 365. We're not going to go on the hotline because in studio and kind enough to join us is the Assistant General Manager of the uh, Edmonton Oilers, Keith Gretzky. Hello, Keith. How are you doing? Good, Bob. How are you? Good. How's your summer been? Great. Been <laughs> great? I've had a few words. Uh Maybe a couple weeks too early for a lot of the Oilers management staff. Uh, you were there throughout the course of the playoffs uh, because at that point Bakersfield was done. Um, when you decompressed and looked at it, how do you sort of weigh the last couple of years where you know Edmonton's played five playoff series, they've won three of those series. Uh, Jay Woodcroft, uh, the coach that you worked with for a few seasons has had the second best winning percentage in the league since taking over in February 10th of 2022. Like, do you, does it still sting the loss or do you sit there and sort of have a 30,000 foot uh, view of it uh, in your role in Oilers management? Well, you're always, you know, a little bit um, depressed is probably the best word because you think you have a good team and, and we know we do. You look where we've come from four years ago We've really taken big strides, so um, the team's coming together, and and you won it yesterday, and we all do, but uh, you know what? It hurts when you lose. Yeah. Um, Does it hurt more when you shoot a team 75 to 53 in the final two games of the series, but they find a way to win those games? Like, they just, you know, I mean, and then, you know, let's face it, they... They were never in doubt against Dallas. They're up three nothing. They ended up winning in six, but they had complete control of that series. And they take Florida out in uh, five. I'll never forget of Elliot Friedman saying at the start of the Edmonton Vegas series, guys, this is for the Stanley Cup right now. It's two years in a row that you've lost to the eventual Stanley Cup champion. But I think it's safe to say maybe a little bit different experience this year, knowing how close you were against Vegas as opposed to last year against Colorado. Or does close only count in, uh, what was the saying, hand grenades and horseshoes? <laughs> well, you're right. I think Colorado, they were they were a good team. And against Vegas, you know, we thought we could beat them. Um, we had a good team. And, and you know, unfortunately... Uh, it didn't go our way, but it, it it hurts because you believe that you can win. And like Elliot said, that 
you know, this is probably for the Stanley Cup, and, and, you know, Vegas beats us and goes on and wins the Cup. You came to the Oilers in August of 2016 and then were heavily involved in the amateur scouting, in specifically in the 17 and 18 draft years. Um, Stuart Skinner, third-round pick uh, back in 2017, and there, there were people, including some people that were in the Oilers organization that weren't as sold on Stuart did you have, as you watched his evolution and growth as a guy that was running the farm team for the last few seasons as well, uh, are, are you surprised at where how quickly Stewart has gotten? Uh, I mean, he is 24. He's not a kid. He's not a 20-year-old. But just a thought on, because you drafted him, and then you were part of the developmental process, uh, Keith, with him. You know what? With anybody, and especially Stu, it was a learning experience. He even played down in the East Coast League um, I remember when we sent him down, he, he couldn't win at home. And, you know, he grinded it away and, and got focused. And and it just shows how, how hard you have to work in the summer because I think he that was a big step. In, and the COVID year, being in the bubble with um, Mike Smith to see how hard he has to work and, and uh, Miko. So I think that really was probably the feather in the cap to really take off his career. Um, he was—he's got size. He's—he's he's quick, and you know it's hard to beat a big goalie. And you know, I, great on him because I know how hard he worked. I think too when we went to the finals and beat out Henderson. I think that was a a big moment for him. He learned to to win in a hard situation. Um, so good on Stu where he battled and and you know his game took off. Oilers assistant general manager Keith Kratzky. Keith, with your first two picks in 2018, you took Evan Bouchard 10th. I remember Pete Shirelli at that draft saying, hey, I finally got my right shot power play defenseman. Well, he led all defensemen in scoring this year in the playoffs of 17. And you got Ryan McLeod in the second line who uh, I think some of the players down in Bakersfield, they refer to him quote-unquote as your son because you were really (laughs) vested uh, in his watching his uh, growth and uh, development. They're both unsigned right now. They're going to get signed at some point. We know that. Uh, No arb rights for Bouchard. I guess in theory he could be offer sheeted, but we haven't seen a lot of offer sheets lately. Uh, McLeod does have arb rights. We'll see if that ultimately does go to arbitration. You take some pride in watching guys like Skinner and 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 Bouchard and McLeod maybe support the McDavid's and the Drysaddles and the Nugent Hopkins of the world. Well, you look at our hockey club, and from four years ago when Ken came in, I think the biggest thing he wanted to do was you know players earn the jersey. It wasn't just handed to them. Go down to the minors, ride the bus, see how hard it is, work hard, and develop your game. And with those players. That's what we've really done a great job of doing. They've they've played in the minors. Um, it wasn't just handed to them, and they they've grown as players. And uh, you know, Ryan, for example, really struggled on faceoffs, and we did a lot of video with him, and he learned to be a pro. And I I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, to get to Edmonton, you have to go through Baco, and Bakersfield's a great spot for for young kids to develop. And we've done a pretty good job, I think, so far. You're down there on a full-time basis. You're here uh, for several weeks uh, during the summer. Uh, Just a a thought process on the importance of having uh, a general manager of the farm team. Some organizations don't do it that way. Uh, Edmonton does not. Now, it's, it's different for a lot of the other Canadian NHL teams. Their affiliate, their HL affiliate, is now within, you know, 50 miles or less. Uh, some of them are playing in the same building. How is it different that Edmonton's farm team is in Bakersfield, 
Uh, does it mean more for guys to get recalled because they're working their way up to the NHL instead of across the dressing room to the NHL? And does it mean something to have a full-time manager overseeing things at that level? Well, first, with with being down there full-time, I think, um, you know, when Ken first suggested it, when he first came in, um, I said, yeah, you know, I think it's a great idea. You're, you're, yourself, you're learning to run a team. And, yeah. Um, I didn't realize it until you you're down there every day and then you watch the kids and and you you know they're going to have ups and downs and you're you're like a father to them but you're you're a boss it's everything you're it's life skills it's it's on and off the ice I think it's really important and you know can really put this program into to place to do it and I think it's it's undervalued um and like you said, I think a lot of teams now are starting to have full-time GMs there to, to watch their, their kids. And and you see these kids, and they develop, and it's important off the ice and, and on the ice. And for being in Bakersfield, I think it's really important. I, I'm, I'm pro on the team not being in the same city. I think players need to realize that once you play well, you're going to get that phone call, and, and when you get to go... It, you're privileged to go to get on a plane and get to Edmonton or wherever they're playing. And I think it's really important that uh, they don't walk in the rink and wonder in what dressing room they're going to get in and they lose their focus. And down in Bakersfield, they can, they're, we're, we're the only gig in town and, and they get to, to learn to be a pro down there. We're joined by Keith Gretzky. He is the Oilers' assistant GM. He's our Oilers Now headliner today, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. And we'll tell you that guests of the show receive gift cards to Japanese Village. You've been there over the years, Keith, haven't you? Great place. There we go. Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurant. Book your celebration for the census at jvedmonton.ca. Don and his staff will take care of you. We have Keith Gretzky in studio. And when we come back, we're going to... That was just a quick little teaser on the Oilers in the here and now. But when we come back, we're going to talk a bit about Keith's journey. Growing up at Gretzky in the shadow of, well, a guy that was a pretty good player, as we all know. Uh, Keith himself was a pretty decent player. How he got into scouting and uh, his career trajectory and those sort of things when we come back on Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. All right, it is uh, 117 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. We have Edmonton Oilers Assistant General Manager Keith Kretzky in studio. Keith, even when you started, actually, I was on holidays when the Oilers announced uh, that you were going, and we ended up seeing you a bunch because uh, uh, Pete Chiarelli, uh he wanted you to sort of be around the team a bit for the first half of that first year, I remember. And uh, we, were, we had some fun with uh, Jack Michaels, who uh, you've spent a lot of time with over the years with uh, Mike Norris. By the way, I do want to mention, speaking of Mike Norris, um, that uh, Mike Norris has been heavily involved over the years uh, with the Special Olympics uh, Golf Tournament and the third annual Special Olympics Golf Tournament. We're going to give a shout out and a plug to Volvo of Edmonton. It's going to take place Thursday, September 7th at beautiful Blackhawk Golf and Country Club. It's an absolutely fantastic day of golf. Lots of amazing hospitality. Uh, The best part of the day is meeting and visiting with Special Olympics athletes. Uh, So if anybody uh, wants to get involved, there are sponsorship opportunities still available. Uh, And uh, 
certainly uh, you'll be proud to be associated with first-rate tournament and amazing athletes. Uh, to sponsor or register, please call Selena Foster, 780-224-5779. That's the third annual Special Olympics golf tournament out at Blackhawk, which you've gotten to know those folks over the years. You've become part of the community here, Keith, haven't you? Yeah, I like Blackhawk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you yeah. obviously know Mike. Yeah, Mike's, uh, Mike's great and, and Al Prokoff's great. So when you're around, and, and I've been fortunate for the last five, six years of being around and meet a lot of people in the city, and, and uh, they, they've got big hearts, and they open their doors for everybody. All right, so let's talk about grown-up Gretzky. Um, I mean... It's was. Is there any way to kind of explain what it was like? As as uh, you know, because you're you're the second oldest brother in the in the family. Is that right? Right. So and you know, there's there's Wayne, and he's he's on the radar screen at the age of ten in Canada, and doing stuff that I mean, what what was that like for the rest of the kids? And like, did you get? Did your parents, you know, I never, I met Walter a couple times. Uh, the last time I saw him uh, was in Toronto uh, when you were you were the acting general manager after Pete had been let go. Uh, but just a, just a thought on what, what it was like, the family life and the unit and all that taking place during that time for you guys. You know what, we were like a normal family. My dad went to work from 8 to 5 and mom stayed home, looked after all of us. So we really didn't... Uh, they didn't allow us to get big heads or, or anything like that because that wasn't allowed in our house and, and we were just normal a normal family that was brought up um, like a blue-collar family. When did you realize that your older brother was special on the ice? Like, did, Was it from the time that... Uh, first of all, how much difference in age is there between... Uh, what, a few what, years. Like four? Six. Six-year difference, six. all right. So when you're like five and he's 11, do you realize? No, not that early. It, w- it was more when maybe when he was in Sault Ste. Marie. Okay. Um, uh, because uh, we, we weren't ever, you know, associated with, you know, the stuff off the ice. And I think my dad hid it from us, did a really good job of it. So, like I said, we were we were a normal family that, you know, all kids fight and, and get in trouble and stuff like that yeah uh i remember the first time i saw you was in maple leaf gardens and i think it was the game that wayne had the six points were you at that game or was it one of the later games i remember they flashed to you and walter in the crowd and you had a feathered uh, haircut going at the time and i think it was just before you were i don't think you were quite in major junior yet but wayne had six points obviously in one of his visits in toronto in the 79 80 season i don't know if it was that year or the year after so was there pressure on you uh, like did kids chirpy and stuff like that or did they just or was or conversely was you know was there a, a bit of almost awe that you were the, the younger brother of a guy who would go on to be the greatest player. Who, by the way, he doesn't consider himself the greatest player in the history of the game. But he was the greatest player in the history of the game. Well, I think, you know, I come back to uh, my dad really didn't allow us to get a big head. And, and we were, you know, normal teammates. And and you won as a team and, and you lost as a team. But, you know, there's always pressure of... of wanting to play well and to do well and maybe a little bit because of your last name and everybody expects you to to play like Wayne but my dad always 
told all of us boys that you're your own person and you know my brothers Glenn and Brent they're the same way and they would tell you the same thing uh how many times did you come to Edmonton when Wayne was playing here uh, a few times yeah yeah were you uh, were you around in 84 85 when the team won when they played Philly we went to Philly and then we came back here and that was a good time in 85 and that was the second now that's voted the best team of all time I actually think the 86 87 team was better personally like if you take I know they had to go the seven games against the Flyers I don't think that Peter Pocklington and Glenn Sather were very disappointed that they had to go that long but because uh, <laughs> they got a couple extra dates in as a result of it um, did he ever is there a good nature chiding between the brothers or do you sit there, he's kind of got the upper hand. When it yeah, we don't, you know, we're we're normal. You know, Wayne calls, Glenn calls, Brent calls. We're, we're a close family, and we're all spread out. But, uh, you know, they're always uh, asking what's going on, and they all want us, especially Edmonton, they're all Edmonton fans, want to do well. So They're all Oilers fans? Oh, all, of course. All, all yeah, of you guys are? Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 That's awesome. Uh, Windsor Spitfires, 84-85, 90-point season. What do you remember about playing in the OHL at that time? Uh, Todd Gill was on that very underrated middleweight fighter. Mm-hmm. That guy very could, tough. He could chuck him. Uh, I mean, different experience. But I mean, would you have 12, 15 guys in each team that you played with in junior that could throw down? Yeah, they were. I think in Belleville, my one of my last years, we had Todd Hawkins and Charlie Moore that were real tough. So. Um, Windsor was a tough team to play against because we had a small building. It was a, you know, a barn down downtown, and and we had some big teams uh, back there too that could fight, and we always had a rivalry with London. Uh, you also played for the late great Bill LaForge, uh, senior his son Bill LaForge Jr. is the GM of Seattle uh, Thunderbirds in the Western Hockey League, and he had Brad Dolgarno was on that team, a uh-huh. top five pick who was a huge kid at sixteen. A buddy of mine, Darren Hamilton, grew up with him at Halifax before he moved to Edmonton. Uh, Ken McRae, who played in the NHL as a sort of light heavyweight tough guy with the Detroit Red Wings, was on that team. What was it like playing for uh, Bill LaForge? You know what I. I Got traded from Windsor to Belleville. That was kind of surprising um, yeah. right at the deadline, and we had a really good team. We had Craig Billington and that Jason Lafreniere. Um, we were outstanding, and we ended up losing to Guelph, I think, in six, seven games, and they went on to win the Memorial Cup that year. So the next year coming to camp, uh, Larry Maverdy was the coach. He goes, you want to get traded now or later? And I, I thought he was joking. I said, well, later. It's fine. I said, only Hamilton. And and I heard the stories about Bill LaForge and... and um, it was okay with me. I I didn't mind it because I, you know, I'm comfortable and I'm. You're, you're a skilled offensive. You're yeah, a hundred point guy yeah, in the OHL. I'm, I'm not worried about fighting. So, <clears throat> I get traded at just a week before Christmas, and and um, so I go and I, I was telling the story last night, matter of fact, to a friend of mine, and I said, uh, he says, well, you can live at home. It takes you probably about twenty three, twenty four minutes to get from. Branford to Hamilton Cops Coliseum. I said, great. And after five nights of my dad saying nine o'clock at the bed, I said, I need a billet. So I went in and I, I like Bill. He was he was a great man, uh, especially off the ice. He treated the players really good, but I mean, he was, uh, he expected a lot and <laughs> I never knew. I'm just looking at your mic and I, we had a red light, green light. You got to tell the, a story, red light, green light. So I first get traded there and I see this, this light above the, uh, the door to go onto the ice and out of the locker room and I'm like what's that red light green light mean 
And one of the guys says, if it's red light, there's no fighting. I go, what do you mean? He goes, it doesn't matter what a guy does to you, you can't fight. And green, mean li- green light means you can fight anytime you want. So I always knew when there was going to be a, an uproar. But I, I really liked him. He was he was good. He demanded a lot. Um, that's the one thing I really, really remember about him. Because, you know, when you, you're young, I think you have to realize you come to play every night. And you can't afford to take a night off. And that gets you ready for pro because in pro hockey, that's your livelihood. Yeah, well, there's yeah, no question. We're joined right now by Keith Gretzky, uh, red light, green light, and Bill Forge would go. He would return to the Western Hockey League after coach. He, he started in Regina. Stu McDonald who was on the show yesterday. Worked with him in Regina, and uh, there was a time where Bill got a little upset with a fan in Regina, so he shut the door and went and had a conversation with the fellow outside of the uh, Agricom in Regina and uh, took care of business and then came back in. Then he went to the OHL, and I'm trying to think. Was it uh, who's whose father Draper? Was it Draper's old man that he? Chris Draper, yeah. No, no, Sean, Sean, Sean Draper's Draper. dad, yeah. Dave Draper. I think yeah. he he got in a tilt. The coaches got in a fight. He ended up back in the Western Hockey League, coaching the Kamloops Junior Oilers. They had a very successful. Then he ended up coaching the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, it's crazy how things are. It's Dave Draper. When I was, I think, a double underage in Ontario, was my first coach in the OHL, and and uh, when I first became scouting in Phoenix he was my boss so how things uh, go around in the world. We're talking to Keith Gretzky uh, it is currently 1228 in Edmonton or check that 128 in Edmonton. Uh, we're going to tell you cars cost less in Wetaskiwin, Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin. They're well known for their top shelf service department they don't forget about you after you purchase a vehicle uh cam moon and myself will both attest to the fact that uncle milt rich johnny and the team at brent rich ford will make you a repeat customer if you give them a call 780-352-6048 brent rich ford is your ford truck authority on the auto mile in wetaskiwin when we come back in orders now we'll talk to keith gretzky orders assistant gm a bit about uh his time in minor pro and then transitioning uh, from a player uh, into coaching and then management. Uh, off to a global news weather traffic update uh, with Randy Kilburn.